Welcome to Process to Profitability, a podcast all about the tools and strategies you need to serve your clients and grow your small business, hosted by me, Samantha Mabe of Lemon in the Sea. Join me as I chat with creative entrepreneurs and small business owners about how they built and grew their businesses and how you can do the same in a way that fits you. Let's get started. Welcome to episode two of Process to Profitability. Today, I am talking with Maggie Gila, who is an award-winning business and marketing strategist, helping fiercely dedicated business owners slay their strategies and scale their businesses with a sprinkle of magic. Our episode today is all about creating a great client experience and how you can do that through processes and automations to make it really easy for you to have a profitable business while still serving your clients well. Maggie goes over some of her best tips for creating that client experience, why you need to wait until you've actually worked with clients to get started on this, how she improves her client experience after every project, and ways that you can get feedback during the process to make sure that you're on the right track, that your client is happy, and that the end result is going to be uh, satisfying to everyone. I hope you enjoy this episode. Hi, everybody. I am here with Maggie, who is a business strategist, and we are going to be talking all about creating a great client experience. I'm so excited to have you, Maggie. Thank you so much for having me. Why don't you start by telling us a little bit about who you are, where you're from, and what you do? Sure. So my name is Maggie Gila. Um, I live in Frankfurt in Germany, and I work internationally. But I actually grew up in Singapore, and I lived in the U.S. as a child, and my family is actually from Prague, the Czech Republic. Um, <laughs> so I'm a little bit international when it comes to that, which it makes life very interesting, and um, it's, it's very easy to find a common topic with many people around the world, so that's great. Um, I am a business and marketing strategist. Um, I help businesses scale and grow their, their businesses online and slay their strategy. So today we're talking about creating a great client experience, which is really relevant to the podcast because it's all about, you know, serving our clients well as business owners. So why have you found that a great client experience is important in your business? Well, the longer I am in business, the more I realize that it's really all about referrals and that's that's the biggest way I've seen my business grow. That you you have a you give one client an amazing experience. They tell all their friends or their colleagues or business buddies, um, and things kind of take off from there. So I think honestly, providing a great customer you client experience is your client should be the goal and incorporate any, any the business. client experience into helping them grow their own businesses. Um, I guess in a number of ways. One is um, I try to be very clear with expectations and with giving information. Um, I know from my end, I really like knowing what's coming next and having that semblance of control um, if I'm part of something. So I try to give the same to my clients, like here's what's happening next. Here's what you should be aware of. So there aren't, so I try and anticipate questions as much as I can. Um, And this is something I tell my clients, if you work with clients or customers, try to make sure that your clients don't have to ask you any questions because you've already told them what they needed to know and what they needed to hear. Um, so that's, I think the biggest thing, which that managing expectations being really transparent with the next steps. Um, and for me, I really like kind of adding a bit of sparkle, a bit of magic, um, to my own client experience. Um, if you've seen my website, my brand is very fantasy infused, so that's always makes it fun. 
Um, so things like sending snail mail, sending, sending handwritten cards, um, sending random gifts. Like it doesn't have to be a client onboarding gift or, you know, we finish a project gift, but just, Hey, I felt like sending you something, or I saw this thing and I thought of you. Um, and kind of like going about a little bit above and beyond the general expectations of a service. Plus it's, it's so much fun. <laughs> awesome. So you mentioned that you try to answer everybody's questions sort of in advance. So do you do that like on your website? Do you do that when you talk to them? Do you have like a PDF? How do you answer all of those questions without sort of overwhelming them with information? Um, so this kind of comes with experience. I know it's a really annoying way to answer stuff. <laughs> so I apologize. But um, so yeah, on one hand, like list out the main information that people need to know to kind of take that next step to work with you. Um, so that could be like on an FAQ page or in your services. Um, so things like, again, timeline, process, what are the next steps? So if someone wants to hire you or they start working with you, they don't have to ask, okay, what are we doing next? Like, what do you need from me? That those are the questions that are answered as soon as possible. One on your website, on your sales page, um, two on the client consultation. Um, most of my clients don't really read my sales page too well, which is, you know, fine. Um, but that also means that I need to reiterate some things on my client consultations. Um, because, I mean, I don't know about you, but I don't really read too well online. I just tend to skim things. Um, so you miss a lot of details that way. And yes, I also send a client welcome packet, um, which contains some of the more important information working together, office hours, that sort of thing. Okay. Yeah. I think it's nice to have all of those because we do tend to skim over things and, you know, they might, people might not read something on your website. And if you reiterate it in a call, then they'll get it. And it never hurts to say things more than once. Mm -hmm. Um, because a lot of times what I feel like business owners run into trouble with is, you know, setting those expectations with clients. Absolutely. I absolutely agree with that. Um, I think managing expectations is one of the biggest like make or break things for a client experience because if they have much higher expectations because you as the business owner weren't clear with what they're getting, that is terrible because you're going to disappoint them. Um, and generally the expectations are that they don't know what's coming next. That, that can put people in an uncomfortable position because they're thinking like, why hasn't she applied to me? Like, why haven't I received this stuff yet? So it's, you know, for me, it's, I always believe it's your responsibility as the business owner to take charge of that. And the client shouldn't be asking you those questions. You should have already informed them. Or they okay. should have, a, have an easy way of finding out, like buy a welcome package or something like that. Right. Now, do you have certain things you always recommend we start setting expectations for? Like I always on my website designs, tell clients, you should put your office hours on there yeah. so people know when you're going to email them. Is, are there other things you, you know, start with setting expectations as? Uh, absolutely. I actually just made a video about this today. <laughs> <laughs> um, so office hours, absolutely very, very important. Um, the second thing is how you want to, to, them to communicate with you. Um, I actually ran into this problem when I was at a point of severe growth pains in my business that I was having so many, you know, it's a good problem to have. I'm not complaining, but I was having a lot of client inquiries. I had a lot of new clients coming in and existing clients had to take care of. And I had people emailing me, messaging me on Facebook, messaging me on Instagram, 
you know, on Slack and all these platforms and it was driving me completely crazy. So now if you are a client of mine, you get a welcome packet that says about three or four times, please send me an email if you want to communicate with me because otherwise I might miss your message. Perfect. So yeah, that's a, <laughs> that. that's a big one, I think, because people will try to get in touch with you in a lot of ways, especially if they feel like they haven't heard back from you in the time frame they were expecting, then they're going to just go to different platforms and try mm-hmm. to contact you and it, things get lost. Exactly. And I was in that problem. I, I was missing messages um, or it took me five minutes to find like that piece of information I was looking for because it was like, I don't know if it's in Facebook or if it was an email or over Instagram. And the third thing I wanted to mention here as well is um, clear uh, that you should really get clear expectations on when a client should expect a turnaround for a message. If they send you a message, should they expect a 24-hour, 48-hour turnaround on, for a reply? Or do you maybe, like I have friends who only work on their business once a week. So as a client, you know, okay, I can email them now, but I'm not going to reply until Tuesday because that's when she works in her business. Right. Yeah, that's a good one too. And I think some of that comes in, and you might find this is true with time zones. If people mm-hmm. are on really different time zones, it can be confusing as to when to expect messages too. Yeah, exactly. I, I live in Europe. Um, most of my clients, like 70% of my clients are in the US, so they're at least six hours behind me. So they know that they're going to send me a message in their afternoon. I'm only going to reply my morning because it's like you know 10 p.m. my time or something. So yeah, I'm not going <laughs> to reply to their email then. Yeah. So how do you create a great client experience every time? Do you have automation set up to help do that? Um, I do have automation set up, but I think the biggest thing is that you need to systematize. Um, this is, again, something... Uh, I speak from personal experience with this because as I started getting more and more busy and as I started getting more and more clients, it was completely overwhelming. I didn't know what I should be doing. I didn't know if I had already done that stuff for that client or not for that client. So just making, just even sitting down and writing a list of like, here are all the steps that need to happen per client. Here's my onboarding process. Here's like what happens during. And then going through that and see, What can you automate? What can you delegate? And what can you get rid of? So do you follow that same process for all of your clients, no matter what they're coming in for? Or does it vary? It it does vary. I have a framework I follow for every client, but I also am flexible enough for that because um, like half of my clients come to me and they are just starting their business. I'm a strategist. So they come to me and they say, Maggie, here's my business idea. Here's what's going on. I have no idea what to do next for marketing strategy. Help me get me launched and help me from the ground up. Um, so they need a very different approach because we're starting from scratch and a lot of, you know, social media content, that kind of thing. Then I have a second set of clients who come to me at a stage of, I need to scale my business. This is not sustainable. I have too much work to do. I'm about to drop the ball here. I need help on how I can kind of keep my sanity, make more money, <laughs> keep growing my business. So there's definitely a different things that each set of clients requires. Um, so that's something I highly recommend if you work in a service-based business to kind of analyze your clients or analyze like your top five clients or top three clients of all time and try to see what similarities you had in those clients. So you can kind of come up with patterns and you know, okay, if I get a client that is coming from the 
this position, here's what they need. If I get a client from this position, here's what they need. So back to your question. <laughs> um, yes, I do have a framework for clients, um, but I know if I have a client who's coming from the beginning of the business, then they need certain things for me and they might not need some others. So there is flexibility in that. Yeah, that makes sense. And I think a lot of service-based businesses, we're serving sort of one umbrella dream client, but there are different stages that people are in underneath that, or they might come to you for a different type of service. I know for me, I do branding and website design, so they might mm -hmm. want one or the other or both. And so I have to have an overall process, but then within that, I have everything broken out for each of those processes so that if somebody just wants one thing, I don't have to go in and totally create how that's going to work. Yeah, that's really important. And I completely agree with the dream umbrella, the umbrella client or the umbrella of your dream client. Um, I don't believe in client avatar exercises or really client avatars. Um, I love working with uh, analyzing and with psychographics. So looking at personality traits, um, because especially if we're working online, there's a very high chance that our dreamy clients, those really great clients that we love working with, don't have the same kinds of demographics. They're coming in from different industries, they're coming in from different locations, they have different like family backgrounds. But for me, what I found is that like my best clients, the ones I absolutely adore, have very similar types of personality traits that you can see patterns from there. Okay, that's a really interesting way to look at that. I've, I found the same thing to be true in my business is mm -hmm. that I had to sort of walk away from they do exactly this thing and are at this stage in their business. And it's more about sort of what the focus of their business is mm -hmm. instead of, you know, fitting into an exact list or an avatar. Yes, absolutely. The funny thing is for my business. So I have these two like main types of clients. I mentioned the ones that are just starting their business and need help and the ones who need to scale the business. But they both come to me for the same process, which is my signature package um, or program, Slayer Strategy. So they, they both do, go through the same process, but with different goals in mind. So that's okay. kind of, again, I have that framework, but I tweak it depending on the, who the client is and what they need. How do we create processes that fit our dream clients, whether it be their personality types or however people are finding that? instead of making it really general? Well, honestly, for processes, if we're talking about like the client onboarding or offboarding process, then I say keep it as simple as humanly possible. Automate everything, get rid of everything, um, make sure there are no extra steps or extra clicks for you involved um, so that you can focus on the actual core client work. And in terms of making it you know, more customized, Again, adding that sparkle, so making customized by sending, you know, hey, I thought of you and I found this cool resource and I thought you'd love it. And kind of going that extra mile of making that client feel special, making them feel that you are actually going out of the way, out of your way, that you care about them. And it's not just another project for you. Right. And I think that's a lot easier to do when you know your clients really well, when you've mm -hmm. been working with them because then you know what they're going to enjoy or what they might need as opposed to having just one generic thing you send to everybody um, that might not fit with what they need or what they're interested in. Absolutely. 
And I think for like the client process itself, like working with a client, I don't think that really needs to be tailored that much. Again, if you have a framework of here are the core steps that needs to happen so that I can get my job done. And then you can add and layer on top of that, depending on, okay, this client really wants a logo. What can I do to make that process like better for her? So building, building it up on top of the foundation that you use for everyone. Okay. And I know that I found in my business that if I talk a little bit about my process, so this process that I've created to sort of create something really great for my clients, I talk about that on my website and then I tend to find those dream clients. Mm. Do you feel like that has helped you as well? Definitely. I think um, the more I talk about the fact that my process is in depth and it's intimate and you are going to be working with me for eight weeks every week so that we create you a digital strategy to, you know, scale your business. Um, I am attracting more people who are like, oh my gosh, wow, you work, like your work is that in depth. Like this is the amount of analysis that happens. This is the amount of the work that goes into it. I need this foundation. I need this level of support and insight into my business. And, you know, when I was starting out, when I, I think a lot of people can, can empathize with this maybe, or this is going to resonate. Um, I was pretty insecure with this was the right way to go because so I have a master's of science in marketing. So I'm used to this level of like, this is how much we have to analyze and we're going to write a report and all these things. I don't do, I don't go that academic with my clients, but so I was seeing online that everyone was doing implementation and I was thinking, should I be doing implementation or should I be doing done for you services? Um, and I was, I didn't really talk about my process because I was like, I don't even really know if this is the right thing to focus on. And I realized that I cannot do done for you services at that level because having one phone call, I'm simply not going to have in, enough information to be able to do a launch strategy for you or a business growth strategy or a marketing plan, unless I already know you and your business really well before that. Um, and just realizing that and starting to talk more about this is why my process is so in-depth. This is why it takes eight weeks. This is why I cannot do the same thing for you in two weeks. It's just not going to happen. Um, that's just the people who like that and who want that level of, of intimacy and insight into business. They, they were the ones who were like, oh my gosh, tell me more. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Now, I know that a lot of people in the business world struggle with this. So I wanted to ask you about what happens if your clients aren't sort of meeting up with the expectations you've set for them. So if you set them deadlines and they're not meeting them, how do you sort of reconcile that with still being you know, really kind and giving them a great experience, but also keeping them on track so that you can get your work done and that they can get the results that they are expecting? Um, I think first of all, being preemptive about that. So this is especially if you do like web design or branding design where you, where you're wait, or you're a copywriter, where you're waiting for clients to deliver your content, um, making sure you are very, very, very clear on that in your contract, in your consultation call, on your website, in your welcome packet that you, again, this is just an, in pieces of information that you say over and over again, because it's that mm -hmm. important. And also that you outline clearly, here is what's going to happen if you don't meet those, those deadlines. The projects can be delayed. 
there's going to be a late fee because you're pushing my other projects back and I won't be able to have the time to do everything. And that you are very clear with these kinds of, well, consequences sounds harsh, but at the end of the day, we are running a business here. Right. Having our clients stick to timelines, if that's really important to our business, just it needs to happen. So managing those expectations up front and very, very clearly, again, like I said, you have it in four places, your website, your, your consultation call, your welcome packet, and your, and your contract. That should help diminish a lot of that a lot of that, you know, potential miscommunication or a client not following up on the deadline. And the other thing is actively, I guess two other things, actively sending your clients reminders. Hey, it's Monday. Here's what I need for you this week. Please get it to me on Wednesday so that on Thursday I can get started on your design so that by Friday you get X. So again, here, here is why I need it. Here's why it's important for me to deliver this. Um, and the third thing is creating systems and frameworks in your business to make it really, really easy for your clients to deliver that content or whatever else to you. So if you know, hey, my clients are always stuck on sending me their about page, then you know, create a framework. Here is how we can structure an about page. Here are the pieces of information that can go in there. Um, and again, that's part of creating a great client experience because there's less work on their end. You only have to do it once because you can reuse that for every single client and it makes just life easier for everyone. Yeah. I love that advice because you're right. It does create a great client experience. It tells them why they need to get things mm -hmm. done by the deadlines that you've set, um, which sort of gives them the responsibility. And, you know, if you lay out what's going to happen if they don't, then you're sort of covered on the back end where you're not letting a project drag on forever because you feel like you can't tell them that they need to get their stuff in now or they're going to get charged extra. But I loved what you said about sort of creating the framework for an about page or something like that because you can't do that until you've actually gotten into working with clients mm -hmm. to see where it is that they struggle. Exactly. So I think that has a lot to do with as you grow and as you scale your business, you need to figure out where those pain points are for them and create things that make it really easy for you to help them without having to get in there and do it hands-on yourself. Absolutely. I, yeah, I completely agree with that. <laughs> okay, awesome. Do you work with um, mostly service-based businesses or do you work with product-based businesses as well? Um, it's probably about 50-50 right now. I work with both. Okay, so how is this whole client experience different if you are a product-based business? Well, with a product-based business, um, it's definitely very different because you likely don't get people on the phone very often unless you're, you know, looking at wholesalers or looking at, you know, getting your product into like a subscription box and you might have a meeting. Um, so it's, it's maybe more difficult to create a great client a customer experience, let's say, for products because you don't have, you have much less of that human interaction. But, um, you know, through your social media and through your website, you can absolutely add more things to make, make people feel more special just by like the level of detail that you put into, into your work or taking your packaging up a notch that someone opens your, your product and they, there's something special and they, they weren't expecting that surprises and delights them. And it could be something like, 
you know, a fun sticker that's there. It doesn't have to be expensive. It doesn't have to go overboard, but adding these personal touches, even in your social media and your content, your newsletter and your product packaging to make it more memorable for the end customer. Yeah, that makes sense because you don't, you're not interacting one-on-one with people nearly as much, but there Mm -hmm. are still ways to sort of make that getting your product and opening it and, you know, maybe hearing from you afterwards to just check in to make it special without having to really do one-on-one work and try to get people on the phone because most of the time if people are buying a product they don't really care about having a phone call with you no but you know I can give an example um I ordered a box for someone from givelovely.com which is a gift giving service and I got an email from them saying, thank you so much for ordering. You know, you're supporting a small business. And I replied and had a conversation with the owner. And it was really great that there was that level of personal touch and appreciation. Um, there were, we exchanged stuff on social media. And when I tagged them in something else, when I, when I got a gift myself from Give Lovely, that packaging is gorgeous. There's a sticker and there's a handwritten card. So you can really see how they've gone above and beyond to make even the act of opening the box or even opening the packaging to see the box inside to make that feel special. Yeah. I was so excited. (laughs) Yeah. And I think when you can do something like that, that's when people are going to share about it on social media and tell their friends because it wasn't just opening a box from Amazon that everything, you Mm -hmm. know, always looks the same. It was something that was special and that you want to share with people you care about who might enjoy it too. Absolutely. So with most products, you can always find things in your process from first contact to, you know, final delivery and follow-up. What can you do to make things easier for the client or customer, easier for yourself and your business, and how can you make them feel a bit more special? So do you have any other advice you'd like to share about creating a great client experience, especially as people are scaling and growing their businesses? Systems are everything. So I, I, you know, if you, we had this conversation two years ago. I hated systems. I tried to avoid everything humanly possible. I didn't want to talk about project management. But I, as, I, as my business grows, I realized that that is literally the foundation of your business, making sure things are automated as much as possible, that you're, you don't have to think about unnecessary things because they're already happening in the background. Um, so that's been a really big one, like making sure that your client systems or customer systems are in place and you're constantly working to improve them and the other thing that I do personally that I really enjoy is with every single client I have I make at least one improvement in my client processes that could be um you know a couple months ago I said okay you know what I'm gonna try using Trello for project management with every client because before we just used Google Drive um, to share information and to share notes from our calls and strategy plans and so on. And now I have it in Trello that every week I immediately on the call itself with a client, I type in their to-dos in a Trello card, board, no card. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that makes it so much easier for me because I don't have to go through my emails or Google Drive finding out the lost action steps and then sending them an email like, hey, checking in, have you done the action steps because I can see in Trello <laughs> if they've been TikTok or not, or if they get stuck, they just write a comment and tag mm-hmm. me and say, hey, I need more information about this, this step or 
I tried to do this and I got stuck. Like, tell me what to do. Yeah. And I think you made a good point is that it's supposed to be easy for your client mm-hmm. and for yourself. So yes. it has to work for both of you and not just, you know, one or the other. I think one of the, like people, especially maybe us as women or creatives or whatever you want to call it, we get lost in the kind of glitz and glamour, the sparkle of things. Like, what is the best present I can send this new client? Or I have to make my, you know, welcome packet this amazingly, beautifully, professionally designed PDF. And I can't move past that. But at the end of the day, if you want to deliver a good client experience, the systems and processes you have in place just make things easy for them. Are That's kind of, that's the basics that are going to make them happy for a good client experience. And having those systems and processes in place is also going to make your life so much easier as a business owner because you don't have to be fiddling around like, oh crap, did I send that, send them this information already? It also doesn't have to be expensive. So I feel like we see all these gifts that are like really high end and fancy and most clients aren't expecting that. They just want to know that the what they're going to get in the end is going to be what they wanted and you know, if you can go above and beyond that in any way, they're going to be really excited about it. Yes, I completely agree with that. Um, A a rule of thumb that I personally follow as well is um, I set aside roughly 5% of a client's fee um, on those extras, on maybe like welcome gift or anything fun that I can think of that they will enjoy just to make them, you know, I just, I love getting snail mail myself. So (laughs) that's fun for me too. Um, But people forget like, those basics like what is the reason they hired you they hired you so that you build them a website not so they get like these really cool things in the mail um or you know whatever that might be and the other thing is that i see this a lot online people get really lost in these again sparkly details which are so much fun and they're so much more interesting than thinking about processes and systems totally get that been there myself um but you first need to get clients like, so don't go off and hire a professional designer or spend hours on this gorgeous welcome packet or this custom packaging for clients you don't even have yet. So start slow, you know, learn to understand your clients better. You know, do some mild stalking on social media. Check out their Instagram, check out their Pinterest. What do they actually enjoy? What are they looking for? Then once you get them as, you know, paying clients, then deliver them the basics of what they are, the reason why they hired you. So the results or the goals that they have, and then you can start layering on top of that. And you don't have to go out and like buy, you know, really expensive gift boxes for them. You know, just honestly sending a handwritten card that's going to cost you like what, $3 or something. Um, and takes you a couple of minutes to write. Like that's just such a nice personal gesture that, isn't expected so that could be enough right and it depends on the service or product that you're providing too if it's a really long-term you know big investment sort of thing then you can go and do some of the more expensive things but if it's something that's short-term or it doesn't cost very much it doesn't make sense to do that because then your business still needs to be profitable yes um so that's why i like the you know five percent or three percent of however much you want that as a rule of thumb, you know, if you're someone's hiring for a $50 project, no, you don't have to send them anything. Um, that's up to you. And again, you know, you're trying to build a business here. You need to look at your bottom line, how it can be profitable, and at the same time, provide a great customer experience. 
So if the finances are an issue for you right now at this stage of your business, then there are plenty of things that you can do for free that aren't going to cost you anything that make the experience better. To be honest, just checking in with them. How are things going? How can I support you? Do you have any questions? Is there something that else that hasn't happened yet that you would like to see? So giving your clients an opportunity to give you feedback during your process can, can actually completely change around a bad customer experience or you know, a less than positive client experience for them because they can say, hey, yeah, Samantha like, or Maggie or whatever, I wish that we actually covered more on this topic or I'm really missing like this element in my branding. Can we make something happen to do that? Or I really wish you'd reply to my emails faster. Then you can tell them, well, I can't because of these issues. So here are those expectations again. Right. And a lot of times they might be thinking that they expected something and you don't know what they're thinking until you ask them and they tell you. Yes, absolutely. Um, one of my core values is honesty always. This, I'm not sure if that's because like my family's Czech who tend to be quite direct. My husband is a Dutch, he's Dutch from Amsterdam and a sales manager. So he's like super, super, super direct. <laughs> um, and a lot of that has rubbed off on me. So this is something I say at the beginning of any, you know, client work. I'm very transparent. I would love, you know, if you have feedback, if something sucks, if you're unhappy, tell me and we can, you know, do, do what we can to make sure that, you know, you have a positive experience. So, but I can't do anything if I don't know what the problem is. Right. And just Absolutely. being, being that open with clients, like just telling them that it's okay that they can tell you if they need something to be improved or changed, or they don't like how something's working. That just gives so much freedom and control in their hands to make sure that, you know, they're happy in the end. And that's good for you because you want happy clients because that's how you get referrals and repeat customers. So <laughs> it's in your benefit. And when your clients get a chance to tell you what it is that they're missing, then they, like you said, they get to give you that feedback. They feel like they're in control and they're mm. getting what they want out of the experience. And it gives you a chance to either fix it, which is usually a lot simpler um, during the process than it would be afterwards, yeah. or to say, you know, I don't offer that and here's why mm -hmm. and give them an, a reason why their expectations aren't quite, you know, with fit with what you're offering. Absolutely. I don't want anyone to think that just that I'm saying like just because someone, a client says, I wish we had more of this, that you have to jump and do it. That's not the case at all. But just giving the opportunity for an open platform for communication, um, because I very strongly believe that honest, open, transparent, positive communication is like the underlying basis of any working or any relationship. Let's, let's be honest. <laughs> um, and this also, if they do say, Hey, I really want X and you know, you're not, that's just not within the scope of the project, or that's not what you do. Or you're not willing to do that, which is fine. Then you know, okay, this is an area I have to be much clearer about in my communication before we get to this point with another client. So mentioning on your website, consultation, in your welcome packet, in your contract. Yeah. And it's always learning from the feedback that you're getting from the experience that you're having, what you need to change in the future. And you're not going to know that until you start working with clients or sending out products, what it is that you need to change and adjust. Absolutely. Um, tell me two things that you're loving right now, business or life. 
Um, business is going very well. I am booked out the next couple months, which is amazing. And I am, I'm working with really, really dreamy clients. And I, you know, I'm not saying that to show off. Um, I'm not saying that to bring anyone down, but, um, I can tell you this, this kind of traces back to when I changed my positioning, my messaging, when I started adding a lot more personality to my business, when I started to say like, Hey, my dog is called Frodo and I'm doing like a Harry Potter marathon with my sister who's visiting. And, you know, I have unicorns behind me in my office. Um, I'm using a lot stronger language that I would use on a client call in my website, my marketing. Um, so that's kind of like that, that transformation, which is, yeah, I'm beyond happy and grateful about that. And in life, I, I'm loving the fact that I have, well, that my business has built me this freedom that I can say, hey, I feel like going to a cafe and I do, or hey, I feel like going with my dog in the park or hey, we're going to Spain for two weeks because you know we can and I can still do my client work from there. And so that, that freedom, that flexibility is something I'm, I'm really grateful for as well. Awesome. Um, and what are you excited for that's coming up in the future? Anything you're working on that people can check out? Um, I am working on something called the Dragon Slayer's Guide to Digital Strategy. Um, so that's a more like DIY version of my signature package, Slay Your Strategy. So you can either kind of go through the, the modules and the videos and worksheets yourself, or you can hire me and I will guide you through and hold your hand, hold your hand and help you with analysis. Um, so that's fun. And I will be doing the content quest again. The content quest is um, an award-winning virtual event that I created. It is a content creation, content batching, virtual co-working extravaganza filled with, you know, nerdy, geeky, Lord of the Rings, Star Wars references, like as many as I can stick in as humanly possible. <laughs> um, so that happened um, in December, 2016, uh, won an award. And I'm going to make making that happen again. Um, haven't confirmed when yet, but likely November 2017. So awesome. That's going to okay. be fun. I'm excited. I've got a lot of cool um, collaborators lined up for that. That sounds like a lot of fun. I saw that when it came around the first time and I couldn't participate, but it looked like it was awesome. It was. And that was a turning point for my business because I just had like an effort moment because I was like, I am done trying to do digital strategy and being bored by my own content and just talking about these business tips. I just want to have a bit of fun. So that's kind of where I started putting all the fancy in it. And I love it so much, made it part of my brand and things, things exploded from there. So yeah. <laughs> okay. Where can people find you online? Um, I am on um, maggiegila.com or on Instagram at maggiegila. I'm very creative with my usernames. So <laughs> All right. Awesome. I will link to all of that in the show notes so people can check them out and, you know, look forward to the content quest when that comes out so they can join in with all of that. Sounds good. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah. Thank you so much. This was great. Thanks for listening to Process to Profitability. Please take a minute to leave an honest review in iTunes so that I can help more small business owners and creative entrepreneurs find the show. 